This is Always Remember The Mod State Podcast And now, your hosts Alright, 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 my friend Welcome back How's it going? Hey, great to be here as always It's uh, at long last At long last You know, uh, it seems like Every time we come together here, uh, I'm, I'm apologizing for the time as if like, you know, we would love to be here week in and week out, but there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts, but all for the best. And uh, we're back. And I mean, there's been a lot that's been going on since we've talked last. I mean, I mean, has that not like occurred to you, man? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just maybe like your opinion. Opinion that but, did not occur to us, dude. That had not occurred to us, dude. With that, <laughs> with that, I, I think we have a we have a good show tonight. And before we dive into it, let's go ahead and um, do the pleasantries here. As always, thank you for tuning into the Mod State podcast. For more, head over to modstate.com for more opinion pieces. Um, as always, we appreciate your listenership for wherever you're listening to on planet Earth. And now on to the show. All right. So I there's been a number of things that have happened since we've talked last, but one big thing is the infrastructure bill. And I hope you're prepared because one thing we had talked about is more of like an Oxford-style debate, right? Something where right. we, oh, we even batted back and forth the idea of releasing separate episodes when things got really busy where I could say, like, hey, I'm going to record sort of a 10-minute response to um, something that's happened, and then you can, at your leisure, respond to it. And I realize that takes away from the spirit of what this podcast is, in some cases, where it's spirited debate back and forth. But I think we can test something out here tonight, and I'm kind of excited for it. The motion is... (laughs) You knew we were going to do this. <clears throat> um, well, I didn't know you were going to do it this way. Oh, I see. Well, surprise. if you want to walk this way, <laughs> look, don't stress yourself out. There needed to be a I'm not, needed to be like kind of a left field thing, and so here it is: left <laughs> or or right, whatever doesn't matter. It's still left. part of the field. You uh, mean left? However, the motion is: Do you vote for the infrastructure bill? Um, really, you know, Madam Speaker, I respectfully vote yay or nay. We can go this direction. I'm happy to, there's plenty of stuff to talk about, but what I would like to do is have three to five minutes, and I will start my timer, that you have to hold your position, because I know I think we hold very opposite positions at the moment on this, and I'd like you, your time, to discuss why you hold the position you do. So before we start, before I start, well, you know what? No, we're just going to dive into it. Um, I know that you'll be within your allotted time, but in a hypothetical world, if you're ready, Congressman Devinney, how do you vote? Well, I would introduce myself, of course, and I would love for us to reconvene. I think this is a good format. But uh, Madam Speaker, thank you for your acknowledgement of my time on the floor. I would begin and I would 
automatically express that I think there are a lot of things to admire in this bill. I truly do. I've read, I haven't read how many thousand pages it is, but I do think there, there are admirable things to think about it with regard to the future of our natural resources and green energy. And obviously, regardless of whatever debate one wants to have on the causes, there is climate change occurring. Anybody that resents that statement, please feel free to come down to South Louisiana, where we're losing a football field worth of coastline. I think it is every hour. It's rather extraordinary. However, the exact statistic, there's a number of things in this bill that I admire. There's a number of things that I don't. And first and foremost, whether it's the Democrats, the Republicans, I resent earmarks, I resent riders. If a bill is about transportation, it ought to be about transportation. If we're talking about the Department of Defense, it ought to be about the Department of Defense. Um, with that, this bill has a lot going into it. And yet, less than a third of the appropriated funds are heading towards infrastructure. I think we can all agree on repairing our dilapidated highways and airports at Al. That's the biggest problem I find. Uh, I'll leave with this because you need to respond. But at what point does any sort of fiscal sanity enter into our minds and government? You know, we're only approaching a $30 trillion national debt. We're relying heavily on the fact that the U.S. dollar will remain the world's reserve currency and that Treasury bonds will forever remain the investment of last resort, very safe. What if either of those two pillars, God forbid both, fall? Then a lot of these programs, the very discussion of them, will be meaningless. So for these reasons, because of the, in my opinion, we've absconded from reality. There's great reasons to vote for the bill. But unfortunately, the majority of the bill, allegedly about infrastructure, is not about infrastructure. Therefore, in this measure, I would vote nay. Thank you, sir. Oh, wow. Listen to the timer. You kept it. You, you did debate class, didn't you, sir? I appreciate that. Maybe. All right. Um, all right. Well, it's weird to introduce myself and then launch into my <clears throat> tirade, but I will. Well, I, I can introduce you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Let's do that. Let's do that because I think you were a magnificent person. Obviously, uh, we served together. I, if two people, aside from the fact we're both white, weren't intended to be, to be enemies, you know, you're Michigan, I'm Penn State, you're Army, I'm Navy, okay? But the reality is you're a, a very keen intellect and you've been engrossed and involved in the healthcare system for uh, over a decade now and also have your MBA, if I'm not mistaken, in finance. Mm, I do. So with that, I respect your opinion, always have. And I know, I know I'm the naysayer of the group, but I think, um, 
I think we'll put pay to uh, any doubt as to uh, maybe not what's going on there, but with regard, <laughs> I have no clue what's going on there. <laughs> All right. Here I go. Madam Speaker, I respectfully hold the position and vote yes or yay to this proposition and to this bill. John, well, plenty of time after this to debate this. However, I'd like to start by saying that this bill, this infrastructure bill, the one that has been voted on, it isn't about liberty. It isn't about... I mean, you can make those arguments, pursuit of happiness, infringement, big government. But at the end of the day, every single person that had the chance to vote on this bill, every American knows that the basis and the fundamentals of this bill is important to the future of America. This needs to happen, whether you are the farthest right or the farthest left, whether our country needs to be built through taxation or through some libertarian idea of upholding our infrastructure or keeping our infrastructure relevant. It needs to happen. Currently, the driver to get that done is the government that we have and the tools as equitable as they can be. That is the point of this, is to also create equitability surrounding the development and launching America into the 21st century from a technological standpoint. It needs to happen, and there's not a person on this planet that shouldn't or should disagree with the proposition that we need to make America relevant. The argument you're going to hear is that it's too expensive. Ladies and gentlemen, we spend $725 billion on national defense annually. This bill is going to cost $1.75, roughly, trillion dollars over a 10-year period. Think about the math. That is 11, the, the, the national defense budget is 11% of federal funding. <clears throat> and we're sitting around hypocritically talking about how much we care about the debt ceiling and the national debt when times that by, oh wait, I believe the 20-year war cost us $8 trillion. Which studies will also show that 50% of that went to private for-profit defense contractors. But that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother, whole nother argument. My point is, is that this investment matters and it matters right now. <clears throat> If it's not the national debt that gets us, it'll be the climate. And like you acknowledged, climate change is real. And if there's something that us humans can do about it, we owe it to the future generations that the GOP and the Republicans and conservatives are so worried about. And I promise you, the realities of climate change are real. The realities of the national debt are theoretical. At best, which will should lead us to many other podcast episodes in the future. However, <clears throat> the point is this needs to happen now. It's reasonable. Not every bill is perfect. Not every bill will have every detail at the moment that we need it. The framework is there, and we need to execute. And that 
acknowledging its weaknesses, but hopefully showing its strengths is why I vote yes for America. Thank you. Bravo. Ah, cheers. Bravo, monsieur. <clears throat> so anyway, I'm sure I'm going to have to put those in the show notes, but okay. Hey, look, we're 12 minutes in. We've got our, um, okay, so let's you spend, feel the, better? let's spend the next couple of minutes. Do um, you feel better? Do, what, why, why should I feel? This is a podcast. This is what we do. It's not about feeling no, better. I mean, like, do you feel better now that, ah, uh, you got that off your, your chest? I mean, the bill's passed, so it's not that I have to get anything off my chest, but... You but know. you really, you with a straight face, just <clears throat> want to make sure I'm hearing this correctly. The uh, concerns, fiscally, are theoretical at best. <laughs> I mean, Your words, I, sir. I knew that ruffle your feathers. I mean, it's, it is. I mean, the, the idea of national debt is, is at best... It's theoretical. I mean, that's why there's two theories. There's the theory of a really high debt, national debt, that is one that you sort of hold true to, which is not, it's not a bad thing. It's a theory. You know what? Let's move on to what you really, really want to get into because I don't, I don't know that that's not a non-starter for us. I mean... Wait, it doesn't have to be an on-starter, but there's no, this is, this is the point. This is our couple minutes after to debate the merits again. Okay. The, hold I on, tell hold you on. What, the, the, I led the first go round. Yeah. You get a, re- you get a response. Now. All right. You get a response. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, I let <laughs> in. You, ext- I, I mean, do you want me to continue? Well, we have a, we have a couple minutes. My point is, remember, this is sort of like, what are we, that we're debating the bill should it be passed or not that's the motion and and it's not pragmatic i'm sorry okay I, the idea look do i do i buy into the the donald john trump on the campaign trail clean beautiful coal i'm sorry sir there is no such thing i hate to break that to you that's not what i'm getting at I'm getting at the absolute idea that this whole gravy train could continue forever. It won't. Let's say neither of the two pillars fall. Reserve currency or treasury bonds. So what, what gravy train are you afraid of keep rolling on? I'm not afraid of it rolling on. I hope it does. Yeah, but what is the gravy train? I don't understand from this infrastructure bill, what is the gravy train? Because we're, you know, we're upgrading airports, roads, bridges. No, I was referring to the fact that we have the uh, investment of last resort. U.S. We, Treasuries. We, we are the investment of last resort. I got it. Right. So, but, and well, why the should... whole idea of interest rates going up, guess why that's so bad? It just is not applied to you and I. Mm-hmm. It's applied to our national debt. I get that. So then the question is, because we've talked about this on the phone quite a bit, then what do like between now and a relatively like okay national debt? So let's say we put a plan in to be down to ten trillion dollars in national debt. How do we propose doing that without generating revenue, like through taxes or 
do we go into intense austerity or like what would be the plan at this point? What would be the well, plan? Therein lies another issue that I have with this bill was a progressive problem, uh, promise rather, that I don't believe. Which? And that is that, oh, well, once these, these uh, plans are enacted and once the programs have come to fruition, then they'll, they'll, we'll scale them back. I'm sorry. What programs is that, what programs are that specifically? Or what? Well, I, I don't have a specific program. I'm getting in a macro idea here of the the idea is once the these when I say programs, I mean what is indoctrinated into the bill as far as what we're going to spend mm-hmm. your money and my money, like roads and bridges. Well, once we've actually caught up. And we're talking about the same group of people here, no names mentioned, that found a, a, a uh, 10 plus, shall I put it, trillion dollar deficit from one program, found that question problematic. Okay. So right now, no, nobody cares because they get up and everything's the same. But... But so, Rome did not yeah. envision its fall. So, so then what do we do to get to your reasonable level of debt? What is that reasonable level of debt? See, here, herein lies the problem. Because we've punted the ball for so long. Now it's like, okay, so what does that look like? Well, what it looks like now is austerity, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. In the past, that's- when we could have done something about this, and we still can, and I'm not arguing for austerity, but here's the, the frustration from, yes, I am a fiscal conservative. And the frustration is, okay, the, the austerity would have to be so severe at this point, it would probably be counterproductive. But it, it's almost like, which way now? Exactly. Okay, we've gone so far into debt. Well, you may say, okay, well, we can keep printing the money. Yeah, we sure can, as long as those two pillars remain. Mm-hmm. U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency, <clears throat> treasuries as the investment of last resort. Yeah. What if we can't? Then it's going to matter to a whole lot of people because guess what's going to happen? What I told you on the phone last night. What's going to happen is they're going to go transportation and the military. Check. We're paying for it. The rest of this, what they would view as nonsense, you can kiss that goodbye. Green this, green that, whatever. Um, he being Shem doesn't matter. I, mean, I don't think people realize that. It doesn't matter your persuasion. Fine. Be a progressive. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess the matter. I guess where where I struggle is, you know, we do have these two monsters looming. We do have national debt. I'm not. I'm not. I'm acknowledging that, but we also have a very tangible reality, and that is climate change. And we have to spend money at this point to fix it. We have to. Are you paying for it? (laughs) I mean. You're going to raise, let me take a wild yeah, guess. You take a wild You're guess. You're going to raise income tax. You're going to raise the income tax? Mm. No, 
I don't. I would raise the, I would raise the corporate tax rate <clears throat> again. I would, I would, I would do, look, man, I would do, I would do everything. I would do everything that <clears throat> you've talked about and discussed. I would, I would expatriate uh, um, money from corporations. I would do a flat tax. I just, I would say without getting into the specifics of what that looks like, I do realize that there is a massive wealth inequality here. That's objective. And, and those, those individuals who are amassing great amounts of wealth aren't actually equitably contributing from a monetary standpoint. I mean, we can argue, we can argue job creation, et cetera, but at the end of the day, isn't that fair? And I'm not saying that's going to fix the problems. I don't think progressives are necessarily arguing that that's going to fix all the problems, but it's a step in the right direction. And certainly this bill to, rel- to make America relevant is, is super important. I mean, we, we do need to be a leader. Wait a minute. I, you gotta, I'm sorry. You got to run that back by me. To make America what? Relevant. When did we stop? And this is where it's a difference of opinion. I believe. No, 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 no. There's no difference of opinion. You made a statement. Right now, America's infrastructure lags behind what the standard could be. Getting it to the standard it could be to be carbon neutral, to be, uh, to be, to, to become relevant in current technologies, to be adaptable to new technologies means getting America relevant. And the last time I checked being an American citizen and being a patriot and being critical of your country. And right now I'm critical of our state of our country. And that makes well, me, let a patriot. me, let me just introduce you to a, a cruel fact of reality. Nothing happens on this planet without our consent. Exactly. Okay, America has never stopped being relevant. Okay. Well, in some places, they're, they're not as relevant as they could be. Where? America, Where is America not relevant? Healthcare. Mars? Healthcare. Um, well, climate. That, that doesn't meet the definition of the word. Yes, it relevant? does. Relevant? Yes. Okay. I, I know what you mean. You mean like we're not relevant. I, when I mean relevant, I mean modernized, relevant, um, up to speed. That's what I mean. If we, want to, if we want to talk about semantics, we can do that. The point is, America lags in many categories. And w- the way you fix that is you raise money and you spend money. That's it. Okay. So, so how are you raising money? How am I raising money? We just talked about that. No, you, you said the income tax. I was waiting for you to say the capital gains tax. No, I, I actually never said income tax. I said expatriate tax money from corporations, raise well, the corporate tax rate. Inst- okay, institute, fine. I, I think the corporate tax rate would be a mistake, personally, mm-hmm. because of how high it was before. But the reality is this. Look, I think it's a great idea. I, I, I've said it before. Look, have the ability to, to seize corporate charters, seize assets, whatever. But until this is the reason, well, I will, well, one of several, why don't take not the individuals. I don't want people to hear, oh, he doesn't like these women. He's racist. No, it's not because I'm racist. Why I'm not a big fan of the squad. This nonsense of, oh, well, look, I'm going to stop that short. (laughs) I was going to cut you off there, but you did a good job of doing it yourself. The reality is this. I don't see pragmatism 
from a group of social justice warriors, I don't buy it. I don't buy people that have education in economics. They do not grasp the severity of this level of exponential increase to our national debt. It's not sexy to talk about, but it's going to make a great deal of difference to a great many people when all these programs that we just can't pay for, that's going to suck. And this idea of these geniuses, the squad, want to talk about taxing Mitt Romney? They want to talk about taxing Donald Trump? And they always rail about the income tax. And I told you this. I forewarned you this. I telegraphed this argument to you last night. They're doing one of two things. They're lying, which I hope is not the case, because they know that they can't hurt Mitt Romney through the income tax. They know it's the capital gains tax. Or it's B, where they want to look like they're doing something. So you you fill in the blank there. Uh, I mean, that's where you want to characterize it. <clears throat> so be it. Nate, how do you see it? How do I see you, what? Is there a door C? I mean, again. Is there a door C? How do you see that? I mean, the proposal that you just made was that they were, they're both lying. Or like, in both scenarios, they're both lying. Which, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Anyway, I mean, I think we, we've strayed so far from... Wait, what, what doesn't make sense to you? I don't, I don't really understand like what you're saying. You're saying that the squad, the progressive vilified squad, is either lying about wanting to like raise income tax, which will never touch Mitt Romney, and that was their whole plan. It's like yeah, double let me, speak. Let me rephrase. Okay. Let me rephrase. Someone with who I have defended at least four times in this podcast, someone with the level of education of Alessandria Ocasio-Cortez, Bachelor of Economics at Boston College, okay, knows that's, as you would say, disingenuous. They know that. Income tax is not going to hurt Mitt Romney. Okay. So we're, it seems it's like we're debating. Billionaires tax, you know, but that's the idea is, oh, yeah. let's just raise income taxes. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like we're debating a really specific part of revenue generation that I think we both agree that we income taxes. I don't not. think you're grasping it. I don't, I don't think you are. Why, why I'm saying this is very, in my opinion, duplicitous because you, you're arguing, oh, we need, to, we need to do more to punish people that are wealthy in this country. Or whatever. Why would, why would equalizing how much people pay in taxes be vilifying the wealthy? You're missing the point here. That, that's okay. what you just said, though. Huh? That's what you just insinuated. No, I, I'm not insinuating anything. What I'm saying is it's, okay, again, to use your word, disingenuous to say, okay, we're going to make the billionaires pay more. And then to propose it a billionaire's income tax, that's... Yeah, but they, they know that's not true. They can't get any significant amount of revenue. It's capital gains tax. That's how they make their money. You don't think they know that? I'm sure they do. Or I'm sure, 
I would hope the person that writing the bill or the way to do it would address that. Obviously, there's a lot of politics involved. Billionaires so why do you think it wasn't addressed? I have no idea, John. I have no idea. And you then, don't see my point. I, I, I get your point. I'm just saying that's not what I'm arguing. And I think when you, you actually, <clears throat> I would actually sit down, if I could sit down with the squad and say, hey, AOC, I got a question for you. Did you mean like capital gains tax to really like equalize the playing field? I am sure someone like that would say, yeah, that's what I meant. And they probably would have a plan laid out on how to do that. But I'm not AOC. I don't know. Where's the plan? I don't know what, I, I don't know the lady. I'm just saying, I, I'm pretty sure. Don't that, you say that. No, 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 no. Joe Manchin got in trouble for saying that. Don't you? Oh, no. No, no. There'll be no young ladies here. Oh, said, no. I said the lady. I know. I had to. I had to pounce. Now, I, look, let's get back to it. You know, you're, you're irritated right now, and we'll, we'll pan back. Sounds good. So where do you want to move to? You want to move to... <clears throat> the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, self-defense case. You, or, uh, you are irritated, aren't you? I just don't. I just don't get. I, I, I like. I don't get what we're arguing about. Like the income I don't tax. Think we're arguing. Well, I mean, or not arguing. Have a debate about the semantics of income tax versus capital gains tax. Like, I mean. Well, there's one way to tax billionaires, and it's not through income tax. But hey, why am I throwing the left to arguments? I, I don't mean, know. Why are you? I just handed you. I just handed the, the left a way to tax. But whatever. Shift the left, gears, the, whatever you would like. The left knows. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. Do they? I'm sure Elizabeth Warren is fully prepared to go after capital gains tax given. You mean the, the, the lifelong Republican? Yep. The life. You mean the 47-year Republican? Yep. That lady. Well, let's, God let's forbid, God forbid, on. God forbid anyone ever change their position on something. You really are. You, you are, you're festering right now. You're irritated. No, I, I just, I get irritated when I hear dumb, dumb arguments, bro. That's all. I'm so sorry. <laughs> all right. So one thing we had talked about over the last couple of days was, uh, what, how the Supreme Court rules on the Texas law. And I did want to take a second to, to talk about that because I think, at least on the next two topics, um, because we haven't talked about a lot of legal stuff recently, and I think, it, I think it's, it's interesting because law, one thing you do well and one thing I appreciate is that you can see the argument within the confines of like the law, the, what they're arguing, right? And, and there's a principality that comes with sort of like self-defense the, the, in, in Rittenhouse's case or free speech. You know, there's, <laughs> whether you like it or not, we need to protect free speech. Um, whether we like what's being spoken, like regardless of um, sort of the extenuating circumstances of, of the case. And I think with the Rittenhouse case, um, I think a lot of people had really picked sides with the guy. Um, very early on, and I think that's a natural human instinct. And I think what I'm learning, what I appreciate about like interesting legal cases, is how to approach um, understanding it. And my point with that is, 
I think if you if you're in places like Reddit, Discord, you're going to see two very very like prevailing like very juxtaposed positions on on these cases, especially the Rittenhouse case. And you can have one side um, who is literally almost like celebrating the death of the people or just finding it completely okay given the character of the people. Um, on the other side, <clears throat> sort of the more extreme views um, is that Kyle Rittenhouse is a mass shooter um, who deserves no mercy, which, are, which I think are two just completely missed. The, the stances on either side are just ridiculous. But I, what I appreciate about the case is how we should approach and think about or the defendant in this case. Because in Kyle Rittenhouse's case, I think both you and I agree that, well, whether or not we agree that he should walk, I think we certainly agree that he probably will walk. And those are actually two very different questions. But, but, but I, I, I think we do agree, like, we, we certainly both agree that he probably will walk from this. And I think no, I that's what I mean. The latter part of that is where I'm not so sure that he will. Yeah, we'll see. I, I am. I, I don't you think over the climate of the times. I, I do. I, I I hear you, but again, I th- I hope that. Um, now the prosecutor didn't help himself. No, he didn't. But I think where people that vilify, and and oh my gosh, there is so much. There's so much energy behind this. I mean, I, I no, you know, I, actually, you bring up a you raise a really good issue. You watched the five tonight. <laughs> it's, yeah. So I like to. I mean, when I come home, um, just to catch up, I'll, I spend. You watch Gutfield. I set my timer for like twenty minutes. You watch Gutfield. I mean, I guess is that that's one of the dudes. Yeah, but do you watch his show? No, 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 absolutely not. I okay. I only have room for enough bullshit. So, <clears throat> well, I mean, he, I think he's confused. <laughs> Look, I'll leave it there. I, I watch Fox news in the same capacity. They watch, I watch MSNBC and, and I, I typically try to go to, do you, I do, yeah, I do. Do you, I, yes, I do because I, I, I take them for, this is the, the centrist coming out, right? They do hold biases and there are things that msnbc says that are a bit disingenuous from times and there's a lot of shit on fox news that's pretty disingenuous at times and but what the the thing about the kyle rittenhouse coverage on fox news the thing that stood out to me the most is this just utter hatred and anger towards democrats in this case look I like the case is the case, right? That what they're allowed to argue about, there's there's very strict boundaries here, which is why the judge went off on the prosecutor today for introducing evidence about Kyle Rittenhouse two months down the road when he was wearing a shirt that, yes, if introduced to the court proceeding, um, would have shed or or p- painted Kyle Rittenhouse in a very poor light. In a very like, just like non-remorseful asshole kind of light, but but my sort of point out to the to 
folks on the left, maybe, that really detest this guy, that's okay. You cannot like the kid. You cannot like his parents. You cannot like his actions. But there may be a day, there may be a day, and I hope it wouldn't be, but there may be a day where you are involved in a situation where you find yourself on the stand or you find yourself as the defendant and you're going to damn well hope that the boundaries from which the prosecution can prosecute you for that crime are as narrow as they possibly can be. So it isn't, and this is one from your playbook, man. Like I, th- this is what I appreciate about this. It's like, you might not like the guy. And I think even Fox, the five, as much as there was so much hatred in that segment, there were a number of those guys on there that acknowledged the fact that it was stupid that Kyle Rittenhouse was there. He should have never been there. No one asked him to come. No one wanted him to come. But that doesn't matter to the case. It, it, that's not really relevant. What, rel- what is relevant to the case is him shooting three people. And, and I think that's important because, again, it doesn't matter whether you like him or not. It is the case specifically. And I think, you know, again, anyone could be, obviously, Kyle Rittenhouse, I don't think ever, I don't think Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. I think that's crazy. And any news outlet that labeled him that way, I think it's nuts. I don't think the kid's a bad kid. I think he's was a 17-year-old given a dangerous weapon that he should have I never think had. he's confused. Heck yeah. I don't think it's, look, uh, it's not insane to, to say that this kid has a hero complex. I mean, seven, I was crazy when I was 17 year old. I, I, when I was 17, I certainly would, wouldn't have done what he did. But again, I was never presented with that opportunity either. But, and I'm glad I, none of that ever happened. But I'm not, it doesn't mean that I, it doesn't mean that I like the kid or I think he made good decisions. Because this could have been avoided completely, but it's, I mean. What, what does it say, though? Just not to cut you off. No, it's fine. Just, just a thought here is what does it say about where we are? And before I, I, get, I get too many criticisms, because I can read your emails before you send them, you know who you are. About me not taking a stand. I feel like I did that at the beginning of this episode. Um, with that, I don't. What does it say about us as a country, though, that it, in the midst of obviously heightened tensions, unlike 1968, unless there's a record you'd like to correct me on here, a mother driving her son several hours away to show up. Let me just make sure everybody grasps this armed. Now I'm not saying that's reason for him to go to prison. I think he was defending himself. You and I both have watched the footage. My point is, what does that say about where we're at right now though? that somebody's mother would drive them. I mean, she didn't know he had weapons. So what was the reason for their great journey from? Yeah, it's a good question, man. I think 
again, I think I go back to this developing, brewing, like, hatred. I'm not saying that Kyle Rittenhouse and his, his mom hated people. I, I think that, again, if, if they're true, at least, there was a number of actions that the, the guy took that were supposed to be positive for the community. Again, I, Kyle Rittenhouse, like, again, like... At what juncture? I think his point was he wanted to um, render aid to people <clears throat> or protect property. At what juncture did he render something good? He didn't. My point, I, I think my point here is, like, we, we, we are at this point where we have escalated so far that we idolize a lot of this just, like, anti... We painted, we painted each other into corners, and we've characterized each other in a way that's largely, I believe, sort of out of misinformation of other sides. It's like, why do we have conversations all the time? I mean, look, we get irritated with each We get frustrated with each other. We, we talk a lot. You and I, we talk a lot about these things. And I mean, we, we, we challenge each other. But easily, if we didn't do this, we could be really upset with each other for sort of the perceived, uh, the perceived understanding of how we see and view things, right? And, and when you don't know, you can confabulate people's viewpoints to a point where you are listening to Fox News and you're hearing about everything that's wrong with this country is the corrupt Democrats. And it's like, Jesus, you guys, no wonder people are are so pissed off at this like boogeyman, and but the the, the you know right, the, but the same goes the same goes to the same goes to the other side in some cases. This is very centrist of me. The, the the case goes to the other side in some cases where it's that having the idea of small government is somehow like whatever. Insert horrible thing about that. But I, I, I largely believe this because we can't actually have a civil conversation. It doesn't mean that a good argument can't win out over a poor argument. It just means we've forgotten how to even have the argument in the first place that's productive. And if that's centrist and that's so sinful, like Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, part of it, though, I go back to the old uh, hippie adage from the song. I've quoted so many times on here, Buffalo Springfield, for what it's worth. Nobody's right if everybody's wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. It's that kind of thing. With Rittenhouse, do I think that he conspired to cross state lines and commit hateful acts and murder people? No, I do not. However, young man, I would say to him, you weren't crossing state borders to pursue a good time. I think he was misguided and lucked his way into not committing a crime that would land him in prison for the rest of his life. That's my synopsis here. So what do you think? I think what do you he think was misled all that? into being passionate about things that he had no knowledge of aside from geographic location, and he, by blind luck, 
apparently is not going to end up in prison for the rest of his natural life. So then, John, I'm going to push you a little bit harder on this because I'm curious. What misled him? I think the idea of irrelevance, the idea that, you know, his culture is being deleted, that he doesn't matter anymore. And the way that he thought he would impress as a teenager. And where did he hear that from? Is a show of force. And where does he hear that from? I think he hears that probably on a multitude of places online Hmm. and is misguided. Are you asking like political polarity? He no, hears I'm, that from the right. I mean, it I'm, doesn't matter. Is that what you're asking? No, I'm not. I'm not fishing for anything. I'm just. I'm literally drilling down. Where does this mis- misinformation come from? I, Again, I think I, it's a fear. Of, it's it's this. You hear about all this vitriol until you get down in the trenches with the everyday American person, and then you see it's not that way. The everyday American person doesn't reflect the polls, the hatred that we supposedly all have. Um, I, I think he's, I think he got led in a, a wrong direction, bought into some wrong things, but. It, but I think there's, there's, there's also a number of things here that I think I, I, I whether I like him or not, I like his right to bear arms. I think that is a that is an important thing and it's baked into our constitution and most most left-leaning people I don't say most but a lot of less left-leaning people are gun owners. Well, they, you own more guns than I do. Right? There's we believe in responsible gun ownership. We but we also believe in, you know, a holistic responsibility to society, right? But we can agree with a lot of those things. But I bet you a lot of right-leaning gun owners are also looking at his actions and a lot of the actions of people there going, (laughs) dude, it's like a good martial artist, right? A black belt, let's say, close to a black belt. They're good at what they do. They know how to handle situations. But I'll tell you, most professionals aren't looking for a fight. They aren't going to hostility. The number one thing you learn, you even learn this in the military. I mean, in some, in, in some cases. Run. Just reduce your risk. Run. Just reduce your risk. Get, my, uh, my, get out of the situation. Instructor, my instructor in Sabacon, which I took Sabacon for nine years. In Japan, they would call it karate, but because Sabacon is from Okinawa, you don't dare call it you know, Japanese. But... The biggest thing my instructor, I say, son, hammered down regardless. He he endorsed what he called the heel dust technique. Run. Get out of the situation. Like, don't don't embrace in needless fights. Mm -hmm. And that's my whole point here. I don't think the actual act of defending oneself is wrong. No. However, I kind of look at this like, and I get at the spirit of the law. He's probably going to get off. But I also look at this like, yeah, but you wouldn't have been in that situation to shoot three people if you hadn't stuck your nose into an argument in which you had no part of. Mm -hmm. 
But again, so I wish him well. Yeah, but, but again, I yeah. don't see a very bright. I'm not talking about money. He's gonna he he's gonna have money. I don't see a very promising future in terms of how well things turn out for him. No, I think not seeing that. I think if he is acquitted, I immediately see a huge sphere of influence around him, much more mature people with much more deep seated kind of bad ideas. And I'm not saying, and I hereby boldly predict his life will be on the highway to hell, 666 from then on. I promise you, you're going to hear about this kid ODing on, on fentanyl four years from now or going out in a blaze of glory. I mean, I'm telling you, this does not end well. I, 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 I agree with you. I, I hope that's not the case. I genuinely hope it's not the well, case. I mean, I mean, but seriously, where's his life going at this point mm-hmm. as a 17-year-old? I think of the last martyr, the sort of last guy was the George Zimmerman case, right? Where this is where he was acquitted. And you mean the white man that was Hispanic? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my point that is, one. my point is, um, <laughs> my point is, uh, you know, that it didn't really like end too great for him. I mean, it's not that he's dead or anything, but anyway, well, no. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the other one I wanted to touch on, uh, was the, the Supreme court case. So I think one thing just to tee this all up is we, we've certainly had multiple conversations about how I feel about Kavanaugh and, and Amy Coney Barrett. And I'm not here for this to like talk about how I don't like or how I think it's dangerous um, for them to be on the Supreme court. I will acknowledge what you do. I will acknowledge that a number of the right leaning Supreme court justices have made decisions where I think uh, the left in general has been really nervous about how they would vote. And they, they sort of voted in the favor. Um, not in, there's not like voting in the favor of right or left, but certainly was a bit more progressive um, than anticipated. And <clears throat> so I'm not here to talk about um, how I feel about them. It's really just the case, the Texas case in general. And I do think, <laughs> I mean, the, the idea, I mean, Texas is an interesting place. We, we have certainly <clears throat> talked about Texas, but it's, it's kind of crazy how you see sort of one political persuasion, even if that the style is Texas style, that you're almost willing to create, you're willing to create ridiculous precedent for like the future of America. And I don't know if it's, if abortion is just the easy choice to use because it's the hot flavor of the week or if it's just the utter hatred of the federal government and this real, this like this desire to create chaos as to why they've used this specific way, uh, this law that's arguably constitutional or unconstitutional um, to sort of, in this case, it, it, it stops abortion in Texas, but it's like a crazy precedent that sort of subverts the supremacy clause that the, that the that federal law supersedes like all law in the United States. 
And this just sort of like does away with it. And that was Amy Coney Barrett's point. <laughs> she was like, well, on a couple of points. That was one of her points. The other point was that I think the defendant like, couldn't even defend themselves. And she had a real problem with those two things. And, and I agree with her. And then Kavanaugh's point was, okay, it's a little bit more political, but his point stands. What is going to stop New York or California from putting a million-dollar bounty off anyone who sells an AR-15? Well. And I told you, John, I told you. He's not wrong. I'm, I told you this, John. It'd be a lot easier to prove who's selling AR-15s than yeah. who's aiding and abetting abortions. Yeah, I'll promise that's what you. I mean. Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh hit on something there. He's tr- it's absolutely dead right. <clears throat> it's just not a precedent. You know, and then I think the, the... I just don't know how this law made it. Like, I mean, I, I know Kavanaugh's point is obviously more overt. It's easier to see that one. It jumps out. But to me, Barrett's point kind of really hit me a little harder in the Fourth Amendment way of, wait a second. So you, we're going to restrict how someone may or may not defend themselves? Since when? Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's ridiculous, let's say it's the spider monkeys from Mars, you can still introduce that as a defense. I mean, just like, can I sue them over that? You can sue somebody over anything. So, like, the, the whole... I mean, this bill is so deeply flawed. I mean, it, maybe Alito and Thomas uphold it, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see 9-0. But, but then the question is, if someone voted for it, and I guess this is completely speculative at this point. It but, is. But if you were to vote in favor of this, it's almost as if you are just so against abortion that you're willing to do this, not because you actually think this is a good idea, right? I mean, that, that's, that would be my question. Like, Jesus, is that how strongly you feel about this topic? Or is it really about that? And if it's not, that, you know, maybe it could be gun laws. It doesn't matter. Even if it was Alito, even, you know, if it was... I never have really seen people caring that much about other people's children. Oh man, the Republicans love that shit, bro. They I just are, haven't oh, seen it. Oh boy, have you no, seen the? Have you, you seen fifty percent of this born. country? You will be born. You will be born. And but then guess what? Once you're here, if you mm-hmm. need help, well, mm-hmm. buddy, you're mm-hmm. shit the mm-hmm. fuck out of luck. Mm. That's America, baby. That is. I mean, America. so I, I'm going. So every sperm is precious, but every life is not. Got it. Check. At least I'm consistent. Yeah, you're a pretty consistent guy. I appreciate that about you. But Doesn't make some of this to nonsense, you. I'm going, you know, I can't defend this. Okay? I, I don't. I'm sure there's somebody out there. I'm sure there is who is pro-abortion. And will call themselves that. Okay? But I think for the most part, the greater American populace is not... It's one of those things of, and I tried to frame this as a fiscal conservative, but it did not go off very well. But the way I framed it originally was, okay, one way or the other, we're going to pay for this. In the ER, which is 
supposed to be for I'm not saying an abortion is not an emergency, but you see what I'm getting at. Or we can pay through, you know, subsidies through the federal system. But this, look, I texted you this this week. There is no, there is no escape valve. There's not. It's not going to get overturned. Okay, so all all of the folks that are worried about him and Shem being able to be represented don't need to worry. It's not going to get overturned. There's no pragmatic way to do that. Mm-hmm. And if they already had the ability to do it, they would have done it. Well, you know, this as well as I do. People have this idea of the Supreme Court, like every day, Amy Coney Barrett, she's sitting there waiting for this this to come across the docket. No, the hell they don't. They receive over 15,000 petitions a year. They hear less than 100 cases a year. It doesn't work that way where they go, here's my constitutional four-way. You know, so, no. But I think just like Rittenhouse and Company is a good cause celeb for the right, I think abortion is a good cause celeb for the left. Well, I, I don't, don't think so. I, I think picking a hero for self-defense. Oh, no, and, that's, not, that's, that's not what I asked you. You know, I, again, I think there's a, there's a miss. There's a that's miss. That's not what I asked I, mean, you. I, th- I think there's a misinterpretation between being pro-abortion and just being pro-bodily autonomy. Like, I Whoa. don't I didn't, I didn't, I didn't conflate that. I didn't conflate that. I think there's a big difference. I was being sardonic when I referenced being pro-abortion. Okay, but I, I, I think it's real easy to, to sit back and say it's solely this way, where my brother-in-law, who you talk to, this is one issue where most people are like, okay, either A, it's total liberty, or B, it's murder. Well, you can't really, I mean, you can try to find some middle ground there. You can, but good luck. <laughs> but this is it's the say. way I look at it. I mean, one way or the other, our society will answer for this. Let's say that the whole thing was overturned and it's just quite, it's illegal. No abortion, period. What fundamentally changes? Nothing. Okay, so I had a coat hanger abortion. I'm going into the ERs. Who guess who's paying for it? You and I. So one way or the other, we are funding this. So let's be pragmatic and say, okay, look, I would not prefer my daughter do this. Well, I mean, you're smirking, but I mean, what? look, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, you know what? Fuck let's it. Be, let's just let's, let's be pragmatic. Let's, you know, no, fuck it. Let's stop talking. <laughs> I agree with you. I think we should be no, pragmatic. No, you don't. I. It's again. It's the no, common ground. No, no, the moment is gone. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, hey, look, we're at an hour. You, no, no, you. Oh, oh. What? No, 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 no. 
The moment's gone. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, look, again, I agree with you, dude. I absolutely do. I think being pragmatic is an important part of this entire conversation. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. No. That there is a, uh, a need to be fiscally responsible. In some cases, that, that's a reason why people are pushed to, women are pushed to do what they do. Get it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, you laugh, bro. But you <laughs> I don't know that that's why women are pushed to do what they do. What? Fiscal issues? Monetary no. responsibility? No. I don't know, dude. Anyway, all right, we're at an hour. I appreciate you. You're 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 on another level tonight, my friend. No. So, no. All right. Until next time, my friend. Au revoir. We'll see ya. What do you mean I'm on another level? <laughs> you are on another level, bro. What? <laughs> <laughs>